<laughs> At any time or just go? Just go. Oh, okay. Welcome to episode one of the Fight Over Flight podcast. Long time in the making. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm Rob Roman, and I'm with my co-host, Angel Kiros. And this is, uh, this is a podcast that we've been talking about for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, it's really not just a podcast. I want to say it's in a complete movement. And it's going to be a movement towards helping people and providing value to people and really bringing hope back into social media and into these platforms. And this is why you and I have done this, is, is, are doing this. Right. This, is, this is the real reason. Um, so I'm just going to dive right in into who I am, where I come from, and you do the same. And then we'll then we'll kind of dive into deep on why we're doing this. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think that's a good idea because I know that there's a lot that you've dealt with in your life that you've overcome, but I've never heard the full story. Yep. So I think it's a good time to hear it right here and now. So yep. So well, right now, so I'll tell you who I am. Um, my name is Rob Roman. I currently a sergeant for a police department in New Jersey. I am also on our regional SWAT team. Something I've always enjoyed. Something I love to do. Um, before that, I was in. I went to NJCU. That's New Jersey City University. Right. Played three years of collegiate baseball. I was a captain for two of those years. That was big for you, right? Yeah, yeah, that was big. So, yeah. and then when we get into the story, you'll know why. Like, yeah. you know why that was big. Um, you know, first and foremost, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Family's very important to me. I have a beautiful fiance. I have an amazing dog. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know my dog. You know, I know your dog. Yeah, yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> underscore Rob Roman. Then you'll know. The next, um, the next step is getting your dog in Instagram. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the play. No, no, he's got one. He's got one. He's got. Oh, no. He's got one. Okay, I got to follow. Life of Logan. Life of Logan. Life of Logan. That's a great name, actually. (laughs) All right, but yeah, so so that's who I am. I mean, I'm in the service business. I love the service business. I've been wanting to do it my entire life. What made me want to get into law enforcement was 9-11. Oh, wow. Yeah, 9-11, I was in fifth grade. You know, when that happened, my mom was on her way to the towers to go to work. Mm. And that completely shifted my life. That oh, completely wow. shifted the world. But I don't really remember anything pre-9-11. So that shifted me into saying, all right, I know I want to get into law enforcement. I know I want to get into service business. And I know this is what I want to do because of all those heroes. That- how, how old were you in 9-11? Fifth grade. So about 12 years old. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- I remember that feeling of just kind of waking up and going to school like a normal day and yep. halfway through the day. Yep. Like the country's not the same anymore. I could imagine that that would kind of instill in somebody like, yo, I want to, I want to do something honorable. Oh. I want to change. I want to keep people safe. Oh yeah, and I mean, you know, I grew up in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is oh, right, right across there. the river from the towers. Right. So I remember being in fifth grade and seeing the smoke. I mean, my mom picked me up late because she was over there. Wow. I was probably one of the last students to leave, and I just remember that day, the next day, the entire week, the cloud of smoke and. You know, looking on the news and seeing law enforcement officers and firefighters and EMS running towards all this smoke. And I didn't understand it then, but as I got older, I realized that they were just as scared and just as fearful as everyone else that was running away from the towers. Right. But they knew that this is what I signed up for and this is my duty. That's crazy. And, and that, like, that right there was like, all right, it hit like, something this is something you. special. Because and this is, you're, you're like 13 at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is something, like, special. Like, they're doing this and with no regard for the life because they're giving their life for service. Right. So I knew that I wanted to serve and this was my way. Um, so, you know, before I dive into, into 
the, the core of why we've begun this podcast mm-hmm. and why in the struggles that I've been through and the trauma that I went through, let's kind of get into who you are now. You know, let the listeners know, and and then we'll dive like super, super deep. Yeah. So, so my name is Angel Kiros. I'm a like like you, first and foremost, a Christian. But uh, I've been doing digital marketing and social media for like five, six years now. When I went to school for graphic design, I kind of got classically trained in that, and that's what kind of opened up the, I guess, Pandora's box of digital marketing, oh, yeah. if you will. Um, before that, I was really into drugs. I was really into uh, drinking all the time. Um, I had a lot of friends that were doing the same thing, playing in bands. I play guitar, so I was playing in bands, you know, uh, bar bands and stuff like that. A lot of my friends, um, they're not here anymore, you know. So I, I got a kind of a firsthand look at how the wrong mentality or the, the wrong choices in life can really just drastically affect you, mm. like just completely change the course of your life if you make one horrible decision so that kind of got me thinking about things differently especially in church like i don't consider myself somebody that thinks like religiously i just consider myself somebody that that sees things for what they are like the truth of the matter this is this is kind of what it is and what it isn't um because of that i kind of have a rift between myself and and the church and it's nothing crazy like i attend church like we go to the same church yep. that's how we met um, but it's just the idea of it overall. Um, my biggest struggle, I think, was getting diagnosed with epilepsy at 16. So I'll, I'll go into some of the, uh, the details, but then we'll flesh it out as, you know, during the course of this podcast. But 16 years old, I'm walking around with my friend. It's summertime. It's probably like this time of year. And I go into some store, like 7-Eleven, and I go to reach for a cold drink. And I start getting giggly. And my friend's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I faint. Boom. And... Um, I wake up and I'm sitting on the curb outside. Don't know how I got outside. And an uh, ambulance person is like this sweet lady and she's just rubbing my hand. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. They have no idea what's wrong with me. Fast forward, I end up uh, being diagnosed with epilepsy at 17. Um, I, have, I have to take medication twice a day, a lot of medication. And uh, it just kind of changed the way I looked at life because I had to live a certain way in order to survive. Now, this was at 17? 17. So this was like, I'm coming into my adolescence. I'm trying to figure out my life, who I am, my identity. And this happens to me and kind of forms, I guess, a real mature perspective of the way things are. Compared, comparatively to other people that have, you know, gone through horrible things, it's not really that serious. But at any given moment, or so I thought, I could just fall and wake up in the hospital. But, but it is serious. So this is, I mean, you know, that's, that's your, your why, right? Right, this right, podcast. right, right. So... For the listeners, you know, we kind of just went over the the title, but the title is extremely meaningful where it's fight over flight. Yeah. Right. And you saying, you know, other people going through other things in their life and, you know, may not be that serious, but it is that serious Mm -hmm. because to you, it's your world and your world was rocked and you couldn't, you know, do things that you were doing the day before you had epilepsy. Right. (laughs) So your world is completely changed and it's completely shifted. So and that's the whole purpose of fight over flight. And that's the whole purpose of this. Mm. So my story is I had everything going for me in my mind. Right. So I was in I was in high school. I played sports. I got good grades. I was, you know, one of the popular kids, oh, you would no. say, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like bully anyone or anything. So I was like sports and went to parties and did things. And I was fun and had a good time. And I was going to play college baseball. Right. And I was going to go really to a couple of different places that I wanted to go. You had the checklist on point. It was on point. Yeah. Like I was 18 years old, getting ready to graduate high school mm-hmm. and saying, 
wow, this was an amazing time. What's next? Mm. Right? Like, what's next? And then two days after I graduated high school, I got this vertigo attack. Oh, wow. Now, if you don't know what vertigo is, vertigo is, um, it's an imbalance in the inner ear where you start to get dizzy. And there's different levels of vertigo where you could be dizzy for a couple minutes, a couple seconds, some people hours. Mm-hmm. And I had that. So I had the hours. Wow. Now, the vertigo is like, if, if think about being on a boat, mm-hmm. the room is spinning and you're in a hurricane. Like, that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like what vertigo is. So I experienced it for a couple of days and I thought maybe I have a bug or maybe there's something going on. So I didn't really think much of it. Now it's continuing over the summer. So this, I graduated high school in June, whatever, whatever date it was in June. Two days later, get this vertigo attack. Now I'm getting vertigo attacks two to three times a week. Wow. And it's happening in the middle of the night where the room okay. is spinning. It's lasting hours. I'm vomiting. And my mother has to now drive me to the hospital where they have to drug me up so I'm no longer dizzy. Wow. Now I don't know what's going on. Now I'm going to fast forward. The entire process. So now this goes on for two or three times a week for mm. about a year and a half. So about 18 months, I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting vertigo. I'm throwing up. I'm being hospitalized. Weekly, my, with the great support of my mother, is taking me to doctor visits. Right. They thought I had a brain tumor. They thought I had Lyme disease. They thought I had all these different things that were going on. They probably could have thought you had epilepsy at one point. You know? Epilepsy. They, yeah. I mean, it was literally... Everything you could think of. And I went to ear specialists. I went to ENTs. I went wow. to neurologists. I went to all these specialists, but none of them could figure it out. So what was actually more frustrating than getting dizzy for five, six, seven, eight hours, vomiting and going to the hospital was, what's next? Right. Like, you're professional doctors. What is next? Right. Like, you don't even know what's going on with me. So forget about a cure. It's so funny you say that because it's, it's so similar to epilepsy. Like, you're, talk, you're talking to people who have dedicated their lives to figuring out epilepsy. And they're telling me there's no cure for it. Some people grow out of it at 28. Some people grow out of it at 16. Like, you're telling me there's no, like, anywhere in the world, nobody has discovered why this happens or how to get rid of it. It's a helpless feeling. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to think that we could put people in space, but you can't figure that out. <laughs> right. right. So, I mean... I mean, I still don't understand how I can talk to someone on the phone in China (laughs) and they can hear what I'm saying. Or FaceTime them. Right, right. or FaceTime them, exactly. But so now, I mean, I'm left with this choice. I mean, I'm 18 years old, 18, 19 years old, because this is about 18 months. I can't play baseball for any school I wanted to go to. Mm. I, I can't go to the colleges I want. I had to go to community college and I had to live with my grandfather. Right, because he had to be close to home just in case something happened. Right, and my mom had to work. So I went to community college. My grandfather had to drive me to school every day. Wow. Had to pick me up from school because I wasn't allowed to drive. I'm like 18 years old thinking I'm going to live like, and it's just one day. Yeah. And it's gone. And of course I fell into a depression. I was pissed off. I was blaming God. I was blaming everyone else. I was Mm -hmm. in self-pity. And just over and over and over again. Yeah, you're in a downward, sp- downward spiral. And it's just snowballing. Yeah. And it's just snowballing. But, you know, my mother gives my mother huge credit to my parents. My mother and father are separated, but they, 
they are like best friends mm. and they had and they supported me my grandfather you know may he rest in peace supported me my grandmother supported me and they helped me they helped me get through but I knew I still wanted to go to school because I didn't want this to take everything away from me it took away friends it took away my opportunities it took away my entire life I had 90% hearing loss now remember wow. I wanted to be in law enforcement my entire life right you can't, you, I can't pass the hearing test with 90% hearing loss how are you going to give me a gun how are you going to put me in to work to back people up when I'm getting vertigo three, three, four days a week. Right. It's impossible. So now that everything's wiped gone. Mm. So, but then my mother gives me six months and then she goes, okay, look, I want you to, to listen to this, to this guy. And his name is Tony Robbins. Mm. And I want you to read his book and I want you to listen to him speak on YouTube and I want you to, to follow him. And I, I'm telling you, I dove deep into this man, Tony Robbins. Like I dove deep into his words, into, into his words on paper, into what he said on YouTube, into everything. Every interview he ever had, I listened to. And he got me out of this, wow. out of this rut. And what it was is that really what got me out of the rut was, so I was hopeless for almost two years, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're hopeless, even though I had a support system, my parents, my grandparents, they didn't know what I was going through. Right. They couldn't say, hey, you know, whatever, they, whatever advice they gave me, I was still an 18-year-old kid, a 19-year-old kid, that a career was gone, that his hobbies were gone, and I didn't even know what was the next day. So I didn't look forward to it. I didn't care about the next day. Right. I didn't care about it. I had yeah. no hope. And It's alienating. It's alienating. You're alone. Nobody, nobody can relate. No unquote. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Which is false, right? right. And, that's why, yeah, yeah. and that's why we started this, right? right? That's a poisonous mentality. 100%. Right. So now I get out of this because I hear him right. and he's talking to me. And at this point is when I, when I meet God as well. Um, I start praying to God and I say, God, like I need your help. I've been to specialist after specialist after specialist and no one's been able to help me. Can you help me? And I kid you not, a couple weeks later, we find a ENT specialist, Dr. Cho, who was out of out of um, Hackensack in New Jersey, Hackensack Hospital? Oh, that's where I went. Yeah, Doctor Wan Tok Cho, mm. and he says, "Hey, I think you have this thing called Meniere's disease. Now, less than one percent of the population has it, wow. but I think you may have it." So I said, "Okay, well now, now, now it's looking better, right? right. Now there's at least a theory. Now there's a theory. Yeah. So he gives me steroid injections into my inner ear. So he takes a big needle, he pokes inside the inner ear, and he shoots these steroid injections once a week for a month. Mm. They last for like six months. I actually go to NJCU, New Jersey City University. They're the only ones that would give me a shot to play baseball. Wow. They would only want because hey, I'm two years out of out of high school. No matter right. how good I was, I'm two years out. No one wants to take a chance on me. Mm. So now I go play and." I do well. I get rookie. I make all rookie team in the state of New Jersey. Wow. I start as a second baseman, one of the only freshmen to start, and and I have a great year. Six months go by. I'm walking home from the gym one day and I pass out. Now this thing has never happened to me before. Wow. Never. Right. Because mm-hmm. most of my vertigo attacks happen at night. Right. I'm walking from the gym. As I'm walking, there's a lady in front of me, and she disappears, and I kind of like was. What happened? She reappeared, disappeared, and then it went out. And then I went out. Mm. And then when I went out, when I came to, the ground was like in front of my face. Mm. So when I saw the ground, I just tucked and I landed on my head. And I needed seven staples in my head. Oh. So we called the doctor as I'm in the hospital. And he says, that's called the drop attack. That's the last straw. The, the injections didn't work. We need to do surgery. So long story short, he does the surgery. He puts a shunt in my head. It's... it's it, Past my inner ear, the shunt, because the fluid was shifting mm. and hitting a part of my head um, that, that was causing these vertigo attacks. So now the fluid actually goes to a different part of my head. 
since August 20th of 2011. I have not had a vertigo attack since, since that surgery. Um, my hearing went up completely. I have like 5% hearing loss or something. Wow. I was able to, to play three years of college baseball. I was able to enjoy time with friends. I was able to drive again. Right. I was able to become a police officer. I won the Defensive Tactics Award in the police academy out of 80 recruits. Mm -hmm. I became the fastest person to reach the rank of detective in my department. After wow. one year as a police officer, I became detective. And then I became the fastest to, to reach the rank of sergeant in my department. Four and a half years, I became a sergeant, which just happened about uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, two weeks ago. Um, I'm the youngest on the Hudson County SWAT team. And I owe all of that, all of that to two things. One, God, because as soon as I started bringing God into my life, God started opening doors. Right. It's kind of like God's knocking on the door. And if you, don't, if you don't open it, he won't come in. Right. That's how I believe. It. I right. believe he's like, he's just like a graceful God and he doesn't want to interrupt and he doesn't want to go in there. He wants you to open it and say, hey, you know, God, you can come into my life. And then you'll start seeing things being moved. So that was one. And then two, I give a lot of credit to Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins is now a reason why we're starting this. Right. And why is that? Because I was so, there was no podcast in 2009 and 2010, right? Yeah, right? So I, I, I couldn't just put on headphones and say, oh, watch a YouTube video and see who's going through this. Right. right. YouTube was like almost just basically brand new. So this is where this, this was born. Hmm. This podcast idea, you know, for, you know, so we met, so the, so the listeners know we met in church, yeah. house of worship in Garfield, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We met there. Um, and we became friends instantly. We actually, <laughs> we actually started a project. Talk about social media, right? Yeah, yeah. We started a social media project that completely failed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Really because, not because of you, because I, I kind of just wanted to dive into that social media world. It's, uh, hey, it's buzzing. It's, it's buzzing it's right now. Buzzing. Yeah. And there's a lot out there, but that's your world and you're actually crushing it in that world. And you're making pretty big moves right now. I appreciate um, it. And, 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 but you know, mm. so since we met, I've been trying to do something for the past two or three years. Yeah. I'm trying to do something more than just law enforcement. Now, I love law enforcement. I love my career. I love the service, but, I, but you know, I want to do more. Right. And, and I was struggling with it. And it was it social media marketing. Right. Was what it, was it? What was it that you wanted right. to do? What right. did I want to do? Right. I just knew I wanted to help people. Right. And what, what's interesting to me, and I'll let you finish, but um, Beyonce had the greatest album of all time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, the interesting part to me is that out of everything that's happened to you, um, the mindset had to shift because of one thing and that was another kind of spiral that you had to go through could you could you maybe like i guess enlighten us about what it, where your mindset was during that whole process so like you fall you hit your head they tell you that you need surgery now yeah where does your mind go right right at that moment oh i need surgery like let's do it as fast as possible really because because yeah. that can be like so there's a there's an operation for epilepsy where they literally have to cut your skull open they have to peel back pieces of your brain and then they have to surgically rewire two to uh i forget what it what they are but two things in your brain in order for for the epilepsy to go away and they almost coat it you know so because what epilepsy is is one of the things uh in your brain they your, your wiring is mismatched and so there's raw electricity shooting into your brain essentially from every movement that you're doing so they told me that years ago but I've, I haven't been able to get myself to the place where I'm like, okay, I want to take a year off 
of everything in life and take the surgery. So what was it in your mind that was like, let's do this right away? Okay, so well, first of all, that surgery sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but so, so I'll tell you this, because, okay, so when I got vertigo, I was hopeless. When right. I got Meniere's disease, I was hopeless. Right. For a year and a half, my life was over. I have no life. I have to try to figure out what my life is going to be. Mm. Then I get it back after these, these steroid injections for six months. And I'm starting to enjoy, like, driving in traffic. Right, right. Like, who enjoys that? Uh, no yeah. one. People who have had epilepsy and now they're yeah. driving again. They enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So you understand. Yeah. Like, so anyone out there that's struggling right now mm. with, with, a, with a disease, with a physical trauma, with um, mental illness, you understand that when, when you go through it, right. the day-to-day activities become meaningful. So do you think it's... Uh, it was finding the, joy in the mundane. hundred percent. It was the appreciation. I appreciated everything. Was I that? Mean, do you think that was intentional, or do you think that's something subconscious that, like, just luckily that happened? Well, I just think that when you're going, th- when you, when life is going well, yeah, and then out of nowhere, something disrupts that, it completely takes you to your own hell mm-hmm. on Earth, and then there's like, there's the light out, mm. and then you get out. Everything seems amazing. Yeah, I I, can, I agree with that. I think for me, the way I look at it is that when something critical, crucial, horrible happens to myself or, or pretty much to yourself, you have two options. The first option is you can kind of let yourself go and go the, whatever way life is going to take you like a roller coaster and just be affected by it um, for the worse. Or you can kind of decide to take ownership of every little fiber of it and say, okay, I have epilepsy. I don't know what caused it, but it doesn't matter. I have to get to a place where my, where my mindset is healthy again so that the rest of me can be healthy. Well, right. So, so that, that mindset shift didn't come until after the surgery. Okay. So to kind of go through it, right, I'm in, I'm in my own hell, and then I get these, these steroid injections, and now I am living like I'm playing baseball, I'm enjoying life, right? right. But it's kind of like this false thing because I don't know what's going to happen next. It's like an impending doom. Like at any moment, some, something can happen. 100%. So right. now, so now I, I, I get this drop attack. Boom. We have to do surgery. I said, we have to do surgery right away because I need my life back. Right. Because I just got I it for see. six months. I need this back, so let's do it. So we get the surgery, and then the doctor tells me, this is the, the point. This is the point where, where I think that every listener that has struggled is going gonna, is gonna to re- see this. And it's the point you just made. So the surgery happens, mm-hmm. right? After that, the doctor goes, okay, you have two choices. You can... So the surgery happens and the doctor says, okay, you can't put your head below your chest for at least a month. Wow, because you're gonna you're pro- you're gonna you're gonna fall. You cannot do any physical activity for about three months, and you can't do any strenuous activity for about six months. So Damn. now I'm like, what do you mean? I have fall ball, baseballs <laughs> in, in baseballs a month away. I mean, right. this is August. Baseballs in September. Um, he goes, I'm telling you. He goes, but you have two options, and this is like the critical options. It's you have a, option A. Mm-hmm. You can fight through this. It's going to feel like sometimes you're walking in quicksand. It's going to feel rough. It's going to feel like you just want to give up and, and, and you're going to want to give up every day. Right. Like this is your opportunity to, you're going to have to break through. This is going to be worse than you've ever dealt with mm. because 
we're gonna, you're gonna feel vertigo. You're gonna, you're gonna, you can't do certain things. And you're gonna have to fight through it. Mm. And that's A or B. You could be pissed off. You can suffer. You can never do anything you ever want to do. You can blame the world. You can blame the surgery. You can just be miserable. And at the end of that, you may want to take your life. Right. And a doctor's telling me this. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm already prepared for this. Now, right, I have God, I'm listening to Tony Robbins, I'm like, I'm motivated, I see the light at the end of the tunnel because I did it for six months. I said, all right, nothing is going to defeat me. Mm. So, no physical activity for, I think it was like two or three months, I was back playing baseball within two or three months. And that's strenuous activity where I said six months, because every day I was working towards it. Every day I said, no, I have hope. And hope is the key word, because I have hope. I know there's, I know there's there's something on that other side of that pain. I know when I get out of the mud, I'm going to be able to run faster. Mm-hmm. I know when I climb over the hill, the downhill is going to be easier. Mm-hmm. I know this. Like, because I've been there, I've, now I've heard other people go through it, this is it. Like, mm-hmm. like you're not, this is not going to defeat me. Right. I mean, your disease is not going to defeat me. It's not going to define me. It's not going to be who I am. So I'm going to defeat it. So, right. so that's that a, conscious that's a big shift, thing. that conscious shift. So what, and that conscious shift is why we're starting this podcast. Right. So if you're a listener right now and you have had a physical injury that completely changed your life, maybe a car accident or you know, something traumatic happens. Yeah, you. even mentally, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the physical side. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a few aspects. So that's the physical side. If that's happened to you, you need to tune in. Yeah. You need to tune into this podcast. If you are not, if you have a disease... If you suffering from a disease, you know, whether it's, it's cancer, whether it's Meniere's disease, whether it's epilepsy, whatever it is, you need to tune in. Right. And if you have mental illness, whether you're suffering from anxiety, depression, anger, fear, you need to tune in. Mm. Because this is the purpose of fight over flight. It's not fight or flight response. Right. Not in our world. Right. In our world, there's no choice. But there is fight. no choice. Yep. You know, in the scientific world, there's a fight. Or flight response. Not in our world. Right. In our world, we're going to fight and we're not going to take flight. In our world, our listeners are going to fight and we're going to build a community around it because it, what I, if there's one thing I wish I had when I was going through my Meniere's disease, it's a podcast that I could have listened to, that I could have tuned in every week and said, wow, those guys know what I'm going through. Right. Wow. They had, they're interviewing someone that has been through something similar or worse. Right. And that person got out of it. Right. So that all that right there, I mean, that's the purpose of this. Hmm. Like you and I are going to be interviewing people that have gone through it. Yeah. And not to sound morbid or anything, but if you haven't gone through it and you're listening to this podcast, you just might. No, you are. Yeah, you just might. It's, no, no, it's, no, no, no. It's not you just might. Like you are because, you know, I'm a very positive person. If, if anyone knows who I, I am. I know, I know. <laughs> if anyone knows who I am, you know I am very positive. I'm optimistic. I'm full, yeah. of, I'm full of joy. And it's because my anchor, as The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson likes to say, <laughs> his anchor, right? His anchor, anchor is the weight room. Uh-huh. So my anchor is Meniere's disease. Mm. My anchor is I had no life. Right. And now I'm living the life that, that, that I want. And of course, I struggle and I have problems and I go through it. But... I always go back to the anchor right. on why I'm doing what I do right. on the amazing uh, possibilities that I have now. Right. I think that's one thing 
everybody who's been through something extreme has in common is that ability to shift their perspective very quickly. Mm. If you if you overcome something and if you've gone through something and have succeeded in overcoming it, you have the ability to say, in comparison to this life or death situation, the thing that I'm going through right now is not that bad. It is it is hardly anything. You know, if there's people that, you know, sometimes can't afford things or or they're having a little trouble in their relationships, mm-hmm. like in comparison to a life or death scenario where your life is actually on the line, you might not make it, those things are fleeting. And oh, I think that's oh, yeah. that gives hope because you can you can kind of put things in perspective and say, I'm gonna align my actions not by emotion, but by the practicality that this isn't anywhere near as difficult as what I went through before. And if I can make it through that I can make it through today. Oh, oh, 100%. And, and, oh, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better because that's true. And to get back to the, to the point where everyone's going to go through it is that everyone in, so life is, is ups, right? There's right. no like track well, to like, life. Like Jordan Peterson says, life is suffering. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so, yeah. And there's, there's no, there's no track in life. I mean, we all are running. In the hills, we're climbing mountains, we're running in the mud, mm-hmm. then we're running like in the beautiful 75 and sunny, and it's amazing. And then, guess what? The clouds are coming, and it's gonna rain, and it's gonna pour, and it's gonna thunder. Like, that's gonna happen in everyone's life. Mm-hmm. So, when I say um, <clears throat> tra- these traumatic experiences are gonna happen to you, they will. Um, it's gonna, you may not get an, an illness, mm-hmm. you may not get an injury, but you may know someone that very right. close to you does yeah and i think more often than not people do and I, I think this is a great way to prepare people as well because the only thing worse than being caught off guard by something like that is not being able to recuperate when something like that happens and not having the tools to be able to do it so like thinking about these things ahead of time thinking about things that could possibly tragically happen to you not in like a morbid or a gruesome sense but in the sense of like if something like this were to happen, I know I can handle myself, and I know that this is the mentality I have to go to. I think that's such a useful tool. Everyone listening, this is why Angel <laughs> is the co-host. I mean, come on. This is not scripted, people. Yeah, no. This is not scripted no because what, exactly what I was going to say is that, is that, yes, I'm saying trauma is going to happen, whether it's to you or to someone you love, but, but. There, there, it's an optimistic view. Mm-hmm. Because, like you just said, the whole purpose of this podcast, and I keep saying podcast, but I just want it's a movement. Mm -hmm. Like, this is this fight over flight is an entire movement of people that are going to get together. You and I, we're going to interview people, the listeners, right? We're going to create groups with each other. My homie Mute. Oh, nah, Mute. (laughs) Shout out to Mute. Wouldn't even be happening if it wasn't for him. That's right. Um, This is a movement, and it's a movement. Knowing that no matter what trauma comes our way, we're going to enjoy the moments of life. Right. Because the moments of life are what's so important. Right. So it's funny because I was talking to my mother yesterday. So my mother is a colon cancer survivor. Wow. My mother had colon cancer twice. She has 13 inches of her colon removed. I mean, the colon colon cancer surgery was like the easy part. Right. It was the after effects every day. Some days she's in the bathroom 20 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like really bad. She had to get a a temporary colostomy bag, Mm -hmm. um, which is, if you're you're anyone, you don't want that. Um, She's young. She's 53 years old. She got it when she was like 50. The cancer kept coming back. And we're just talking about this the other day because she's doing amazing. She's cancer-free. She started, She wasn't going out because she was so deep into depression and anxiety that she wouldn't even want, want to walk out of the door. But now she's doing physical therapy. She's 
planning vacations. She's never been anywhere. She's planning vacations. She's doing things. She's enjoying the day she has because the doctors have told her, like, hey, you have a rare form of colon cancer. It's mm-hmm. probably going to come back. Wow. And you have to be prepared for it. Yeah, and it's funny how I mean, that's general, a general person's perspective on something like that can be so gruesome or, or just, just dim. But the people who actually have it, like my, my sister has breast cancer. She, she's had it twice. Um, their perspective isn't as dim as we would think. You know, they're looking at the subtle little things in life and they're making those out to be the most important because at the end of the day, they are. You know, it's not necessarily anything like lavish or, or extreme that's important. It's it's face to face communication with people you care about. It's the places you want to visit. It's those things. And if you have those things, then your life is fulfilled. And I think that is such a vital part of this whole movement is understanding that fulfillment isn't necessarily a career or it's not necessarily money, but it's your mindset and the way you interact with those people around you. I think for me, it took me so long to learn that because I was, I came from like my, my parents were both um, not rich people, very, you know, so we had very little growing up. So I came from kind of a scarcity mentality growing up where it's like, you can't buy that, can't do this, can't do that. No spending on here, no spending on there. So growing up, I had to kind of find, okay, how do I live out of abundance? And especially with the epilepsy thing, I had to find, okay, how do, how do I have an abundant mentality about life? That life is more than good, and I, I can benefit from that. And I think that's the struggle, and that's the thing that I really want to highlight. 100%. I yeah. mean, yeah, like, I, I don't, my, my parents come from lower, I wouldn't even say middle class, like lower class, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in income-wise. But, but what you just said is so important, and I want every listener to hear this, and it's the key of the movement, that... Our careers really don't matter. Right. Money doesn't matter. Power, prestige, um, none of that really matters. Unless it's everything to you in the world, then it matters. But, <laughs> but in, in general terms, I mean, we know that, you know, going through what we've gone through, like every day that we get to spend with loved ones, mm-hmm. every day that we get to do things we enjoy, every day that we get to help people, we get to serve, we get to really enjoy the, this beautiful life on this earth. That's like the blessing. Right. That's like the blessing. And, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's hard for me to really explain yeah. how amazing this world can be. Yeah. I mean, like, it's funny because it can go from a, a surviving mentality where you're just trying to survive to a, a mentality where you're thriving, you know, and that, that's the hard transition. And I always used to wonder how people could look at life so optimistically mm. you know and i think it's just that little nugget that little kind of binary switch of like i don't just want to survive every day mm. i want to actually have something fulfilling in life i agree and and that you know the you know we're, we're this is episode one so we really want people listening in to know why we're doing this right, right. and we want them to know the purpose behind it and we want them to know what what got us here right yeah. and what got us here is one i would say is god mm-hmm Two is gratitude, and three is our love for serving other people because we want to help people. Like the, our listener needs to know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. They're not alone. They have us. They have the other communities that hopefully we can bring together yeah. that they can see. Like, hey, because I thought I was alone. You thought you were alone. I would. I would imagine. Yeah. Big like. Time. You know, you're not alone. Yeah. Like, this world has a ton of people that are struggling. Yeah. This world has a ton of people that 
that are like down in the ditch that are just trying to survive. That's why suicide rates in different professions are going crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to survive on their own and they're scared to be open about it. And the and, and that's my, my vision for this is they can hear us and they can say, wow, like these are two successful men that have gone through it, that are still learning life, yeah. that are still enjoying it, that are, that, are, that are like really... And that, and that are prepared mm-hmm. and that are preparing me as the listener for what's next and are preparing me for like a life that I could truly enjoy and love. Like 90, 99%, and this is just a number that I'm making up, but yeah. this is like a number it's in a my head. It's a fluff number. It's a fluff number. This is a number that in my <laughs> head I believe is true. Okay. 99% of what goes on in the media is 1% of what goes on in the world. Oh, yeah. Because like yeah. the media loves destruction. It loves, um, it loves corruption. It loves like danger in love like you're never going to watch the news and see oh like this person had a had a birthday and right. the family gathered together and they <laughs> ate barbecue food and they loved it and had an amazing night no you're going to hear about the you know the five alarm fire that happened right, in right. new york so I, I i want us to be able to provide real value to people to say like look that's not the world yeah. like that goes on in the world and that's going to happen in the world but you're prepared to handle that. Mm. Like if that's your fire, you're prepared for it. Right. And, and you don't got to do it alone. Right. Like you that's never so have to important. meet us. And to your point, that's, that's one of my, my biggest, I guess, struggles to overcome. It's like, I want to be able to live a life where I'm abundantly helping other people, but at the same time, I'm prepared to help myself and the people around me if it comes down to it. And being prepared for that isn't an easy thing. It's, it's a very difficult thing to get yourself to a place as a person where you can say, no matter what happens, like my my foundation is solid. Oh yeah, I, I can tackle this. If my house gets on fire, I have backup. You know, just the practicalities of life, and oh, being yeah. able to stay optimistic within the practicality of life. And I think that's such a skill, and it's not taught. Nobody talks about it that much, but it's so vital to just being a person, being a human, in this, especially in this country where we feel so like lavish, and we feel like everything is comfortable. You know, the minute our comfort decreases, we, ha- we develop anxiety, we have panic attacks, and things start, things start to happen, you know, and those are the things that I want to be able to avoid, and I want to be able to help people avoid, because it, honestly, I do think that giving is a necessity. Mm. Giving help, giving, offering what you can to the world, it it's comes from the core of who we are as human beings, and so people, even people listening, um, the more you can help somebody, the more fulfilled your life is going to be. Oh, 100%. You know? and, and that's another reason I feel like we're doing this. It's not because we want to help because we think we have something that we can get. It's because we need to because this is who we are. It's embedded in us. 100%. Like, yeah. we need to help. Yeah. We need to help people because it's twofold, right? The more we try to help people, mm-hmm. the more we help ourselves. Right. And the more that, like, the listeners, like, I want them to email us. Right. I want them to DM us. I want them to comment on our stuff on Facebook, on on Instagram. I want them on YouTube. I want them to reach out to us because they have nuggets of information that are going to help us. Right. And they're going to make our lives better right. because we are supposed to be a community of people. We are supposed to be. We are supposed to be individual. And in, we're supposed to be individuals, but in a community where we can help people. Right. Like, it's funny. I, I don't really remember who said this, but the words stuck with me. Mm. I think it was actually Tony Robbins. The most selfish thing you could do is help others. 
<laughs> not selfless. Yeah, yeah. The most selfish thing you could do to help is help others because the more you help others, the better you're gonna feel. Yeah. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. A hundred percent true. And and I just believe that, you know, you you know me. I am very uh warrior spirit like yeah. like mentality like yeah, everything's yeah. like a warrior spirit type of mentality i vibe with it I'm yeah and that's actually like that's i don't have any tattoos but when i do get a tattoo mm. that's gonna be it it's gonna be the whole warrior and like tribal uh, yeah it's yeah <laughs> the true no not the traditional tribal i don't want to make the rock look bad yeah right so <laughs> it's gonna be like the warrior because i love like the, the samurai mm. and i love and I, I believe law enforcement are the modern day warriors and that's dope. one of my favorite um things in the bible is the armor of god right right, right. so it's going to be kind of like an armor of god samurai police officer that's dope kind of thing right so but so i really believe that the movement that we're starting is the preparation for the battles that have yet to come mm. so the battles physically so we're going to talk about training and we're going to talk about being in the gym and we're going to talk about working out for a purpose right because of what that does for the battles later to come. Yeah. And um, I, I do want to wind it down, but I want to say to that, yeah, um, that's one of the things that I've been struggling with is I think where I've messed up as far as my physical health is not finding the right purpose for it. And just kind of saying, I have to go to the gym because I have to go to the gym and I have to work out because I have to work out because I don't want to look like this. Yep. I think the missing link is that just like, all right, what's my purpose for going there every day? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So, and then, and then that's like what everything. So like the gym it's boring when you're just trying to prepare for the summer. Mm. And the gym is boring when you're like, oh, like I just got to do this because I know it's healthy. No, no, no. When you're, when you're training because you may have to, you may be like hanging off a cliff one day. Right. And if you can't pull yourself up, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like serious stuff. It's true. I mean, that's you true. can be walking down the street and you need to be able to, to handle yourself. So, yeah. you need to, so you need to train physically. Mentally, you need to prepare for the battles that have yet to come. Mm. When anxiety knocks at your door. When fear knocks at your door, mm -hmm. when depression knocks at your door, you need to be prepared for it. Right. And that's what we're hoping we can do. So we have the physical realm. We have the mental realm. We have the spiritual realm where we know, listen, if the, if the listeners, they're not Christian and they don't believe in God, hey, we're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Like we welcome you. Yeah. We still welcome. We don't care. Mm -hmm. But for us to defeat the spiritual realm, it's, it's, our, it's our God. It's Jesus Christ, right? Right. So, these are bad. Like you may be loving, like you may be listening and say, "I'm just listening because I'm trying to support Angel and Rob." Right, and and like, <laughs> which is pretty likely. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Like we're just like listening to them, uh -huh. and you may be like, "My life is going amazing," mm. but you're preparing for the battles that have yet to come, and you're doing that by building a community, finding your true purpose in life, and realizing that you're not broken because it's just. It's just who you are. Mm. Like, just because things are not going right and, you know, you didn't get the promotion you wanted, you got fired, you, you broke up with your girlfriend or boyfriend, you're, you know, you're not as gifted as other people. Like, you're not broken. Yeah. It's I just think. the same thing that's going on with everyone else in the world. And especially, and I don't want, I'm going to say this, men struggle with this more than anyone else. Yeah, where I agree. Men are hard to, men are are scared to be vulnerable. Maybe that's what we'll talk about entirely for the next time that it's me and you oh, co-host. Oh, yeah. Just the idea of manhood and what men struggle with. Because I think people shy away from that big time because it seems to be a divisive topic for some reason. Oh, yeah. Like, there's three men in this room right yeah. now. Yeah. We should be talking about the things that are important to us. So Episode two. Episode two. Will be 
manhood. We'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll be labeled. Um, oh, and this is actually what, what what God does for me. So episode two, we can do uh, is my vulnerabilities are my strength. Love that. I, I love that. I that's a, and I think that's a great way to freaking tie yeah, this up in a yeah, nice man. bow, man. Yeah, man. So thank you, uh, thank you, everyone who who have listened. Please join us on this movement. Join us on this journey. You know, we really want you to to tune in. We want you to reach out to us. Tell us if you've gone through something. Give us your story. Yeah. Um, Drop whether, a story. Oh man, the comments. Please, That'd be so amazing. Comments, emails, anything. Like, reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Tell us your story. Tell us if you're going through it. If you defeated it, um, tell us if you're if you're preparing for for a future battle, or mm-hmm. if you know someone, or just really engage with us because we really the, the purpose of this is for the listener, and we really want you to know that we're here for you. We're trying to build something for you. Yeah. We're trying to learn just as much as we're trying to teach. Yeah. So please, like, tune in, join us on this movement, reach out to us, and and, and we're here for you. Like, we're just we're just here for you. Yeah. All right, um, guys. Like, share, subscribe, comment. Yes. Like, (laughs) share, subscribe, comment. Have a good night.